0: Believe it with all of your heart, say this is God's word, word. not Pastor Evan's word. word. I I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly confess that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive, my My ears are open, open. and I better not go to sleep. sleep. I'll never be the same, same. in Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. We thank you that the word of God is able to discern. It is, Father, able to uh, cut asunder between soul and spirit. Your word is able, Father, to give us direction. And as we hear your word this morning, our hearts are open to receive and we thank you that the Spirit of God is going to take the Logos word and translate it into Rhema word so that each one of us will be able to apply what we hear in our everyday lives. Father, as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit increasing, rising up in me to teach everyone here and feed them your word. I thank you that no one will leave this place spiritually unsatisfied, but we'll all leave full of purpose, full of faith, and full of expectation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, we began a two-part lesson entitled The Road to Purpose. Say that with me. Say The Road to Purpose there are some patterns that God used during the life and purpose of Jesus Christ that we can learn from that will help us identify our own purposes. And so this morning I'm going to continue with the road to purpose and we're going to hopefully make this journey... And, and, and just through studying this throughout the week and last week, I've discovered that it's going to almost be impossible for me to really impact this subject the way I can. And so probably in 2010, I'm going to do a whole series on uh, helping you understand your purpose. Amen. 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 So if you would turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to do a small review from last week and then we're going to jump into this morning's lesson. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That is right after the book, I believe, of Proverbs. And if you don't have it, just look on page 502 if you have a Bible like mine. Ecclesiastes chapter chapter 3, and I'm going to start in verse 1. And here's the first point that we made on last week. Everything God created has purpose. And when he creates something and he attaches a purpose to it, that thing now has time to fulfill its purpose. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, look at verse 1. It says, to everything there is a what? Come on, class. There is a season and then a time to every purpose under heaven. Everything God creates has a season. And then once that season has been connected to that thing, now God puts time to help fulfill the purpose of that, th- of that thing. Now go to Proverbs chapter 20 quickly. Proverbs chapter 20. Because each purpose is established by God. When God created the world, He created it for a specific purpose. And then once He created us, He created us for a specific purpose. And when He did that, He put us in what I call the element of time. Because the Bible says that a thousand years is as as unto the Lord a day. And a day like a thousand years. So in God's time, see, God is not really in time. He's not in time. We're in time. And so He has to function with us as if we're in time. Proverbs chapter 20, look in verse 18. If you're there, say I'm there. He says, every purpose is established how? By counsel. And with good advice, make war. Basically, the Bible says here, every purpose has been established by counsel. Now, we learned on last week, I'm not going to turn to it. You can just write it down. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, it says that God counseled with himself. In other words, he didn't have to ask any of us what we thought about something. He already knew what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. And because he did, he counseled with himself. And because he does, his counsel stands. Somebody say amen to that. Now, uh, Romans chapter 12. Go there quickly. Romans 12. And then we're going to jump into this morning's lesson. Last week, one of the most... Uh, critical elements that we found in order to uh, pursue and understand your purpose our journey of purpose must start with a renewed mind say a renewed mind the journey towards our individual destinies and purposes start with the renewing of our mind and in Romans chapter 12 and this is what most people don't understand they want to know God's purpose for their lives but I found that most people don't want to make a full commitment to God for them to get their purpose See, you can't can't commit to God halfway and then expect him to give you your purpose all the way. I mean, it's like, see, some of us are shacking with God. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, I hope you don't talk about shacking this morning. You know, we have people here that shack. That means you're living with someone that you might not marry to. That's shacking. And some of us are spiritually shacking with the Lord. So how do I shack with the Lord? Basically, you want God, you want all of his commitment, but you don't want to make one. I mean, how many many of us pray, oh, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless my socks off, but then we won't even work on stop cussing. Touch your neighbor say, neighbor, I hope he don't talk about cussing this morning either. I mean... I mean, think about it. The reason people shack is because somebody in the relationship don't want to make a commitment. I mean, that's really about what it boils down to. It doesn't matter why they don't want to do it. The reason is somebody in the relationship does. They, 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 one of them want it and the other one want it, but they don't want it right now. And that's how sometimes we are with the Lord. We want it, but we really don't want it like right now. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Are you there? All right, watch what it says. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your what? Once you renew your mind, he says, you will be able to prove what is good, what is acceptable, and you will be able to prove what the perfect will of God is. And that's why it's critical for you and I to renew our minds with God's word, because when we renew our minds, we will begin to slowly understand our purposes in life more and more. Now, go to Psalm 119, if you would. Psalm 119. The voice of God's word should always be the compass for our direction and the pattern for our purpose. I'm going to say that again. And I know I'm talking fast this morning, but I want you to get the CD. Because there's no way on God's green earth you're going to be able to listen to a message like this and get it all on the first try. Here's what's amazing to me. We, how many went to algebra growing up through, through elementary school? Okay, I was not a real good math person. So I had to, listen, I was a senior in college being tutored by a freshman to just pass trigonometry. I waited to my last semester because I was like, you know, if I wait to the last semester, that'll put enough pressure on me to make sure I would put all my heart and soul into it because if, you know, I wasn't good at it. And so this freshman was tutoring me and I really didn't care whether it was a freshman or not. I just wanted to pass. And sometimes what happens is, in in life, we think that, watch this now, what, what would have happened if you would have just attended the first session of Algebra and then skipped all the rest of the classes and decided you were going to take your final exam? Do you think you would pass? Probably not. Well, just hearing a message one time is not going to help get that thing into your spirit because many of us, we were raised in negativity. Many of us work around people who are negative. Many of us live with people who are negative. And because we do, faith comes by hearing, but fear comes by hearing as well. And so if you don't listen to enough of God's word so faith can be produced, you will subconsciously function in fear. Amen. Psalm 119, 105. It says here. Let me find it. It says, Thy word is a what? It's a lamp unto my what? feet and thy word is a light unto my my what? Path. The voice of God's word should always be the compass for the direction and the patterns for our purpose. In other words, if you want to know your purpose in life, you need to start with the word. The Bible says in John 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word What's God? God started everything with the word. And if you want to understand your purpose in life, you got to start with the word. Amen. And you know what most people start with? They start with dial 1-800-WITCH. Wow. Most people start, they want to know their purpose. So you know what they do? They pick up the, back, the, 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 the uh, newspaper and read their horoscope. Your horoscope can't tell you your purpose. Amen. That was somebody who owns a donut shop that got full last night and just wrote something. Go to Matthew chapter, chapter 3. Let me show you a pattern here. Everybody say pattern. Say it again. Let me show you a pattern on, on how Jesus lived his life and how he fulfilled his purpose in life. Jesus fulfilled all righteousness for his life by obeying what was written about him. See, God wrote about Jesus before he got here. And so when Jesus got here, he read about what God wanted him to do. And that's, why, that's how he learned about what God wanted him to do. You know, people think that he came, you know, with a... a uh, like this chip in his brain about everything he ought to know when really he had the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered. If he learned obedience, that means he didn't know it before he got here. Did y'all hear that? In other words, Jesus had to learn just like you and I. He was not pre-programmed. Now listen, he was, the only thing that he had an advantage over us is that he didn't have uh, blood that was contaminated with sin. That's the advantage. And that's a big advantage because, see, that sin in your bloodstream will cause you to do stuff you know you're supposed to not do. Amen. Somebody went to the club last night. How many went to the club last night? Let me see your Got one hand, one hand. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 3, look in verse 13. Matthew 3, look in verse 13. It says, Then came Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John. To be baptized of him. But John forbade him saying. I need to be baptized of you. And you come to me. Verse 15. And Jesus answering said unto him. Suffer it now to be so. For thus it becomes to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. Somebody say he suffered him. In other words. Jesus wanted to be baptized by John. And John was saying. No I don't want you to do that. But then verse 16, it says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight up out of the water and the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and came down upon him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, I want you to notice. Y'all can keep it down over there for me. Keep it down because I can hear you over here. All right. Notice here that Jesus wanted to be baptized and he said to John in verse 15, I need you to let I need you to do this because I have to fulfill what was written about me. And that's what we have to do. The only way to fulfill what was written about us is that we got to know what was written. Somebody say amen to that. And so what happened here, Jesus was for, he was fulfilling what God wanted him to do because that's why he wanted to be baptized of John. Now, go to now 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now, what I'm about to say now, I may make some people very upset about what I'm about to say right now. First Peter, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Because the prophecy of Scripture should always be our primary means for direction and correction. I'm going to say this again. We're talking about fulfilling our purpose. The prophecy of Scripture should always be our primary means for direction and correction. Let me tell you what I mean by that. There are some people every day who wake up trying to fulfill a prophecy that was said over them. You don't run after prophecy. I know some people and, 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 and they are just running around trying to find people who, learn, who know how to prophesy so somebody can prophesy to them. But that's not how you don't live by prophecy. You fulfill prophecy. You don't run around trying to find somebody to get you to say something to you so that you can govern your life by it because prophecy changes. The Bible said, no, watch this. Let me just jump in here. Uh, look in first, 2 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 15. Uh, it says here, moreover, I'll endeavor. Uh, is that where I want to go? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. Yes. Uh, it says, moreover, I endeavor that you may be uh, able after my decease to have these things always in, in remembrance for we have not followed cunningly devised devised fables when we have made known to you the power of of the coming of our Lord Lord Jesus Christ verse 17 for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice watch this to to him from the excellent glory this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased now we just read when Jesus was baptized that voice came down and so what Peter is doing he's recalling that situation and when that voice came from heaven notice the voice came from heaven and said this is my beloved son. Watch this now in verse 18. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard. Who heard it? We heard. So watch this now. Jesus wasn't the only person that heard God say, this is my beloved son. And when God calls you to do something, you shouldn't be the only one who heard God tell you to do it. You know, I'm amazed at people. And God told them to do something. And I'm listening. I'm going, man, I don't know how they said God said they'll do that. I mean, uh, uh, somebody other than you are gonna know your purpose on the earth realm. Now, if you keep reading, look in verse 19. He says, now, after hearing that verse, voice from heaven, verse 19, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Because verse 20 says, knowing this first, that the prophecy of the scripture is, of in, is, is not of any private interpretation. In other words, God's word does not have a private interpretation. Now, if y'all have gone through my teaching, you know that the Bible will, it interpret, it will interpret itself in several ways. It will interpret itself within the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How do we get everlasting life? Through believing in the Son. We didn't have to go to Bible school for that. We didn't have to do any exegesis. We didn't have to get a Bible concordance. We just read it and the interpretation of that was in the verse. Everybody say in the verse. And then if the Bible don't interpret itself within the verse, it's going to interpret itself within the context. That's why you just can't stop reading the Bible in the middle of something. Just because it has chapter 2 doesn't mean that's where the thoughts stop. When the Bible was written, it was one long letter. They only did it in thoughts like that to help us be able to say, turn to chapter 2. If not, we'd be able to try to, you know, we wouldn't be able to do that. And so the Bible, sometimes you have to keep reading it to understand just like the parable of the soil. The Bible says the soil went out to sow seed, but we don't know what the seed is until we keep reading it. And then it goes on to say the seed was the word of God. So the Bible will interpret itself within the context. But then, if you don't understand it within the verse or within the context, now you've got to look at previous usage. You've got to go back and see how that, how that uh, phrase was written long before the first time that it was written. And so you don't have to worry about private. This is private interpretation. Well, this is what I think the Bible says. You don't want to listen to nobody say that. <laughs> That's why Pastor Evan uses a lot of Scripture. And if you'll notice, I do it line upon line, and I rightly divide it. So that way, when you get done, you'll be able to understand, wow, exactly what God was saying. So here's, what is my point? My point is this. You should not run after somebody giving you a verbal prophecy because here's your prophecy right here. Right here. See, the Bible says heaven and earth is going to pass away, but this word ain't going to pass away. Now you can write this down, write this down. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 9. It says this, we, we know in part and we prophesy in part. So even when somebody is prophesying to you, they're prophesying in part. Meaning they don't see the whole picture. So if you're trying to line your life up with what somebody said, you can mess your life up. Amen. Amen. I recently just, uh, uh, a family recently decided, uh, someone prophesied to them. I don't even know them. They are members of our church, and somebody that I don't even know prophesied to them and said that God is going to heal them in in another state that's far from here. And these people packed up their kids, they quit their jobs, and they packed up and went to this state. And when they got there, they didn't have enough money, but they said God told them to get there. Well, let me say this to you. If God's going to get you there, he'll provide for you when you get there. And you know what? And, 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 and what's interesting is they're the only ones that believe that God told them to do that. Well, I can't determine if God told you, but I can determine something. By the end of the, the decision, I can tell whether how much, how, how much peace you got and how much provision you have. Exactly. Amen. So here's a, here's a significant thing here. Significant others should have roots and fruits that speak into your life. Go to Jeremiah chapter 3 very quickly, Jeremiah 3. See, what happens is when you come to your purpose, this is how I learned my purpose. I I didn't even know what I was doing. In fact, I'm in the process of writing a book. And in this book, I'm describing how a person can understand their calling as a minister. Because no one ever explained the process to me. I remember when I was praying one day, and uh, uh, all I remember uh, is when I got saved is I'm supposed to, 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 to give my life 100% to the Lord. That's, that's all I knew. And, so, and I also knew that you were supposed to do three things. You were supposed to pray, you were supposed to read your Bible, and you were supposed to go to church. Those are the three things that I knew. So I, I started doing that. But in doing that, God started now putting some things inside of my heart that he wanted me to do that I didn't necessarily want to do. But what I didn't know is that if I didn't yield to him, my life wouldn't turn out like it should have. So I was just, you know, because of, of, uh, of just knowing enough about God, I said, well, I'm going to do what he tells me to do. So one of the things he wanted me to do was preach. And I'll never forget, I was praying one day and I was reading the Bible and he spoke to me and told me he wanted me to preach the word. And man, listen, being a preacher is like having AIDS. Once you got it, you stop. I mean, I mean, honestly, unless God heal you supernaturally, if you got age, you got it. Well, once you say you are a preacher, you are a preacher. And I wasn't going to let that secret out. I I was like, ooh, I don't want to tell nobody. And so I struggled with that thing for a long time. And see, what I didn't know is that God had already spoke to my pastor and told my pastor that I was going to be a preacher. And but he was smart. He didn't tell me because, see, that's something you need to discover for yourself. But see what, but here's the pattern that I wanted you to see. God spoke to somebody else other than me and confirmed that that was something I was supposed to do. And God will use people in your life who, listen, are significant others that will help, help define what your purposes is in life. And, and, and you don't just want to use any Joe blow off the street speaking into your life. Amen. Uh, Where did I tell you to go? Psalm, where did I tell you to go? Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what? Jeremiah 3, what verse? You don't know the verse? You, you should know by prophecy what the verse is. Uh, go to Jeremiah chapter 3, and I want to look in uh, verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. Let me show you the purpose of a pastor if you all didn't know this. Uh, watch this. Jeremiah 3, 15. It says, and, and this is God talking. He says, I will give you pastors according to my heart. And they're going to feed you with what? They're going to feed you with knowledge. God says, I'm going to give you a pastor that's after my heart. And if somebody is after God's heart, that means they're good for you. He says, I'm going to give you a pastor after my own heart. And this person is going to feed you with knowledge. And they're going to feed you with understanding. And that's the kind of person you want speaking into your life so that you can... Ultimately, understand your purpose. And that's what happened to me. Here it was. I'm just doing my thing. Uh, as a matter of fact, you got see purpose starts first on purpose. See, you don't, you don't, you don't discover purpose uh, by accident. Purpose is only discovered on purpose. Now, there's some things you can stumble in life and find, but I'm, I mean, but if I lost my keys and I find them, it's, I found them because I'm looking for them. Yeah. And the only way you're going to find your purpose, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is like a man looking for some pearls that he lost. In other words, you got to look, you got to seek. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open." So when you say, Lord, I want to know my purpose, you just can't ask one time and then go on about your business you got to seek what he wants you to do. And one of the things and people that he'll use is a significant spiritual person in your life. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 4. Go to Ephesians chap- chap- chapter 4. Let me show you this pattern. God works it this way. This is how it's going to work. When you want to know your purpose, God's going to use a specific person that's going to help you to, uh, find out what that is. And I'm going to tell you who this person is. Ephesians chapter 4. Look now in verse 11. Ephesians 4, 11. If you're there, sound I'm there. Watch what it says. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and what else? And some teachers. Why did he give those people? Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints to do the work of what? Ministry. Watch this now. God has put some people in your life to perfect you. Now, that word perfect, I want you to write this down. The word perfect there means to complete. So God put those five offices in your life to help complete your purpose. And watch this. Th- listen, the Perfector doesn't have to be perfect, perfect to perfect you. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Okay, notice he says here, he said that he's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints to, the, to do the work of ministry. So listen, the Perfector doesn't have to be perfect to perfect you. Did you get that? Okay. Okay. One of my offices, One of my, I, I function as a pastor, so I'm one of the people that he just named. Which means that God's going to use me to perfect or help complete your life. Now, just because now God's using me to perfect your life doesn't mean I have to be perfect. Because there's nobody perfect. And so here's what gets me. We have people who are just I mean they're just so critical about people in church and pastors and the whole 9 and they're like you know ain't nobody living right ain't nobody doing right well won't you do right and be the first one then all those people over there are hypocrites well then why don't you live right so they won't all be hypocrites but it, but here's the deal. That's not a cop out from living right. I'm just saying sometimes the devil will try to put you in a corner and say, well, he, he ain't perfect, so why should you listen to him? Let me say this to you. If God has given those five offices to help complete you and perfect you, it's better, you are better off with them than without them. Right. Amen. And so, listen. God uses those people to help perfect your life. And here's what happens. There are three things that perfecting will do. You can write this down. Number one, when when you are being perfected, perfecting brings direction. Number two, perfecting provides correction. And then number three, perfecting provides preparation. I'm going to say those three again. When you're being perfected to do the work of ministry, So that you can complete your purpose in life. When you're being perfected. Perfecting brings direction. I'll never forget. I had administrative abilities. And I was using them in corporate America. But I never knew that I had the gift of administration. Now, the Bible talks about different gifts and talents and abilities. And one of them is the gift of administration. I did not know I had the spiritual gift of administration. And I didn't know it until uh, I was working for a church. And I ended up overseeing like, uh, I think they had like 52 departments. And I was overseeing all the departments and all the people that was in them. and, And all those people reported directly to me. And I was able to manage these people. And it wasn't no big deal. It was like I just did it. It was like it was just second thought to me. I mean, it, it didn't stress me out or nothing. And then on top of that, I, I, I oversaw some construction sites. And then over that, over here, I oversaw all the people, the, all the uh, major uh, vendors for the, for the church. I did all this stuff. But you know what? Because I was gifted to do administration. But I never would have known had I not started with where I was. And you know what? It started with picking up paper in the church. And this is why our job is to help get you started doing something in church. Because let me show you this. Go to Ephesians chapter two, and we'll close right here. Go to Ephesians chapter two. I did not even get into nothing close to what's on my paper. Ephesians chapter two, look, look in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2. See, this is why y'all look up at me. Look up at me. See. People think it's a con job to get people involved in church, but I'm, I'm gonna help you see that getting involved in church helps you, first of all, get your purpose defined. See, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, watch this now, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, God at the beginning ordained us to be able to walk in good works. But watch this now, He says we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So you were created to do good works. And if you never get connected now, listen, good, you. Now, the good works we're talking about, uh, they're kingdom good works because, see, there are people, they're doing good works, but they're not kingdom related. And and listen, only what you do for Christ is what's going to last. And so what happens is we're trying to get you involved in some kingdom works because getting involved in kingdom works is going to eventually help you discover your purpose. And that's what happened to me. I just was doing nothing. I was doing this and overseeing this and overseeing this. And then in the middle of all that, the Lord speaks and says, you're going to pastor one day. I was like, I don't want to do that. seemed like every time God says something to me that I didn't want to do, that he wanted me to do, it's something that really I needed to do and I was going to enjoy doing. I enjoy, listen, I, Listen, I, I enjoy pastoring. I enjoy telling y'all what to do. I can look at somebody, I can listen to you and put you on track just like that. See, most of you all, you, 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 you're not on track like you ought to be because you ain't listening. You're not listening. Then you say, well, well, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean, think about your kids. Your kids do well when they listen to you, don't you? Yeah, and you'll do well when you listen. You say, well, it's not just listening to me, it's listening to the Spirit of God speaking to you through me. Did you get that? Now, uh, let me say, can I, can I give you one more scripture? Uh, go to Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 78. Uh, no, no, no. Go to Psalm 92. Go to Psalm 92. You, you got to get started somewhere. You got to plant yourself. See, we have people who attend church and you can attend a place but not be connected to the place. And it's only through connection that you're going to be able to produce some roots and then produce some fruits. Psalm 92, look at verse 13. Watch this. It says, those that are planted where? Come on, class. Psalm 92, 13. Those that are planted in the what? In the house of the Lord shall what? Flourish. Shall flourish in the courts of our God. In order for me to To watch this flourish, I have to be planted. And it didn't just tell me to plant myself anywhere. It told me to plant myself in the house of the Lord. Because watch this. Your purpose will start once your connection to the body of Christ begins. See, we're all members of the body of Christ, and the Bible says that we're members in particular, but each member is designed to do a part. And if you're not connected to the body to do your part, you won't fulfill your individual purpose, and nor can the full body do it. So my job is to help you get on course to discovering your purpose, and I've discovered something. See, once you start getting bored in life, it's it's, it's a trigger that you have not now checked back in with God. See, this is what happens is people start pursuing their purposes in life, and then they get to where they think they need to be, and then life starts getting bored. And how many know what I'm talking about? Life just starts getting bored and becomes humdrum. Have you seen the commercial on TV? It's black and white, and they're just putting burgers on the little thing. Right, right. Okay, that's what ends up happening. But what you got to do so life will stop being bored is checking back in with God because God, listen, the abundant life ain't boring. So even though you may know your profession, you may know what you're called to do, and you may know your giftings that God's using you, and you may be in the middle of doing it, that doesn't mean God is not done with you. See, God has a multifaceted ways of helping you redefine and define your purposes. Because see, watch this, I'm a pastor, right? Okay, but in this role, God's got me doing stuff that's that's business-related. That's spiritual related. That's mentorship related. He's got me involved in that. And so guess what? If I'm bored, it's because I'm not involved. Right, right, exactly. And so what you got to do is you got to ask yourself, okay, Lord, what is my purpose? And then once you ask God, you got to listen. And to me, that's the first step to knowing your purpose, asking him. And then checking back in, and I'll say this, I'm going to close with this story. This is what happened to me. I knew God told me to, to pastor. 14 well now it's been 14 15 16 17 18 years ago he told me to pastor right and uh when he told me to do that i was like okay that's fine i'm not ready to do that right now and and so and then when it started getting close to me to pastor you have to understand now i didn't start pastoring until i was 40 so i really felt like moses i mean who starts the primary thing in their life at that age but that's when he told me to do it. But here's, though, here's what got me. I, uh, he, he, when it was time for me to start actually doing the work of pastoring, it seems like the full time of pastoring just started coming on me. And I'd be at work, just working. And then all of a sudden, the Lord would just come on me and say, I want you to pastor. And he'd make, he'd make it seem like he want me to do it right now. I want you to, pa- and I want you to pastor right now. I, I mean, it felt like he just wanted me to quit my job, and I wasn't quitting my job. And I mean, weeks would go by. Every morning, he, I mean, he'd just be on me. You need to, I want you to pass. I want you to pass it. And finally, because nobody explained to me the process, I was like, look, Lord, listen, listen, listen. I don't have a problem doing what you want me to do. I just can't do that right now. I'm not in position to do that right now. And this is what he said. He said, I ain't asking you to do it right now. I'm just waiting for your approval. Wow. Because God ain't going to do it without your permission. God cannot, listen, there's one thing God cannot do, and that is control your will. And so he was waiting on me to just say yes. And once I said yes, he let me alone. He let me alone for a little while. And then the time that it was time for him to say, do it, I was ready then. Because he knows better than we do. And so what you got to do, you got to know that God's got your. He got He got it, whatever he's got you doing, he already got it mapped out. But the question is, are you in position to say yeah? And then once you say yeah, are you in a place where you are planted so you can grow so that the perfecter can help perfect you into your purpose? And I believe, I believe this is the biggest missing link to most believers today. Most people have such a... a, a attitude or nonchalant attitude when it comes to being planted in a church when you don't see that that's part of helping your purpose become fulfilled and so I'm going to do how many would like to hear me do a whole series on on, on purpose sometime next year I'm going to do that because I got some insight I'm trying to cram it all in and I hope it ain't I don't know how it's coming out but I'm just throwing it out there anyway (laughs) did you get something this morning though right, amen every head bowed and every eye closed You may be here.